Good morning, everybody. And uh, let me say thank you, first of all, to Pastors Brian and Shelly for this invitation. We're so glad to be with you. Feel honored. We so respect you and the work that you've done here. Uh, And uh, thank you for the invitation. Thank you all for being here. Those of you on the line and under the sound of my voice and who'll watch this, thank you for joining with us this morning. This is part of your destiny as well. And uh, I'd like to recognize my wife. This is my wife, Joy. Would you stand up and and wave to the people a little bit? Let me just uh, give you a quick uh, personal introduction to me. Uh, I was born at a very early age. No, we won't go back that far. Uh, Joy and I just celebrated our 48th wedding anniversary. Uh, Earlier this month, we have three grown children, all married, serving the Lord, 10 grandchildren, and uh, God has blessed us, done a wonderful thing in our life. We got married very young, and he got a hold of us, and we're so grateful. Like your pastor, God has been faithful to us, and he is. Rainbow Bible Training Center, let me tell you a little bit about Rama. Rainbow Bible Training Center was established in 1975 as a way to equip people called to the ministry and send them out to fulfill, help fulfill the mandate on, on the Hagen family that God was working of going to teach my people faith. He said, go teach my people faith. And God raised up Rhema to do that as people obeyed the call. And at present, there's over 93,000 graduates of Rhema. There's 10,000 advanced ministry training graduates. Over 12,000 students are enrolled worldwide. 271 campuses outside of the United States. 255 are in operation. We can blame COVID and politics and and different things about that, but uh, 255 in operation right now in 54 nations have at least one campus of Rainbow Bible Training College. And uh, over 3,419 churches, both in the United States and around the world, are pastored by Raymond Bible Training College graduates. I'm reading these things to you and sharing these facts with you. I don't expect you to remember them, of course, but I just want you to understand you're involved with something big. A very consequential and influential move of God around the world. And so uh, I'm glad to greet you this morning on behalf of the Hagen family and and Rama. Rama Ministerial Association International, RMAI, was founded as as an organization to help the graduates who are active in ministry. And it's designed to equip and help them reach uh, with the love of Christ, reach people and help them. I graduated from Rhema in 1981 and uh, have been a member of RMAI since 1986. And since 2018, I've been the regional director of the upper Midwest region, which is Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And uh, my role was to take care of the 90-plus members of our organization in that region, including your pastors, Brian and Shelley, who I'm very, very glad to be getting to know more and more closely. And uh, my role is to help us communicate and connect and care. And uh, so with that, let me just say, Joy and I have pastored Word of Life Church in Dubuque since 1985, and again, we're very honored to to come and minister here today, and I want to thank you for your heart, for your uh, willingness, for your acceptance, because I know that if I'm able to speak anything into your life, 
It's only because you give me permission to do so. So with that, I'd like us to pray. Heavenly Father, we come together this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. I thank you for the word that you've laid on my heart. I thank you for helping me to get it out. Thank you, Lord. Help us to hear you, communicate clearly, follow you fully. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Back in uh, a few years ago, our church had our 25th anniversary as a church. And so as some churches do, we had a big banquet at a, at a hall there in Dubuque, and we had a guest speaker come in. And when he got up to take his text, we had a really incredible experience. It really blessed us. He got up and he took his text. And of course, in a big hall, we were around round tables, you know, different ones seated different places. And, and we had the founding pastor. Uh, it was a couple. He wasn't there, but she could be there. So the founding pastor was there behind her at the next table, sat the speaker's wife. And when the speaker got up and took his text for the message... The founding pastor gasped. And so the speaker's wife asked her, you know, what's up? You know, are you okay? She said, and she went on to explain this, that the text that the speaker had taken as his message for our anniversary banquet was exactly the verse that God had given her and her husband in Tulsa, Oklahoma to confirm to their heart 25 years earlier that they were to come and start the church. That said to us, I mean, it really blessed our hearts. That said to us that God, who, who stands outside of time, who sees the end and the beginning at the same time, who was and is and is to come, was there at the very inception of our church, and he was still there today. Amen. And friends, he was there at the inception of this church. And he is still here today. And as soon as I was asked to speak, I began to seek the Lord about this morning. And he laid on my heart that very same text. And so if you will, if you'll open your Bible with me, let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're going to read verse 2 through 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. I'm going to use primarily the New King James Version today. He said, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ and in the sight of God our Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God. And then he went on to talk a little bit, just mention about the fact that they knew the Apostle Paul, the writer's character, they had seen them live among them. They knew them. And he was writing this because he'd only had a, just a few weeks there with them. He led them to Christ, got the word of God growing on the inside of them. Then he had to move on. But he'd heard later about their work of faith, their labor of love, and their endurance inspired by hope. Remembering, he said, and I'm, I'm here today, I'm here with you today to help you remember that wonderful things have happened. That since 1991, Joy Christian Center has become known as welcoming, 
fun, relaxed, authentic. Life after life has been changed and is being changed. And powerful ministry to children and teens as well has become a hallmark and has been a hallmark of this church ever since the beginning. They've been a backbone to the church and more. And so to help you remember, to help you remember and to help you know that even better, brighter days are ahead. In, that's clap worthy, huh? Thank you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10 or chapter 6. I just want to tell you, I'm not the only one. I'm with you today to help you remember, but I want you to know I'm not the only one remembering. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, starting with verse, or chapter 6, starting with verse 10, for God is not unfair. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other Christians as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep right on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. I'm here to remind you today and to... And I really hope that, like God in these verses, I hope to inspire you to finish what's been started. I hope, I hope to inspire you to take the next step that the Holy Spirit is setting before you. I hope to inspire you to run your race, to finish your course, to keep the faith. I hope to inspire you to do God's word for your life. To be the hands and feet of Christ in this world together. Verse 3 says, remembering your work produced by faith. It took someone had, someone had faith to start this church. To, to believe that God sent them here. To Establish this work by faith. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, we read, All things are possible to believers. All things are possible to those that believe. Good things come to those who believe God. Believe God and act on His Word, and you'll never fail. You'll never fail. 2 Corinthians 4 13 says this, that we have the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. The same attitude, in other words. The same mental disposition. And the attitude of faith believes and speaks. And if we're going to overcome and accomplish, we have to believe some things and speak some things. Just like Caleb back in the book of Joshua, chapter 14. After 45 years, 40 years of wilderness wandering. 
came back to, to Joshua and said this. He said, you said I could have it 40 years ago. I said we can do it 40 years ago. It's still there. He was talking about his promise from God. Every one of you have a promise from God. And I'm not, I don't know you personally, but I know it's God that works in every one of us to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so in speaking about these things about faith and the attitude of faith and believing and speaking, I want you to recognize God's speaking to you about your individual things that he's speaking to you about. And at the same time, he's speaking to you, church, Joy Christian Center this morning, corporately, together. Caleb said to Joshua, you said I could have it. God said I could have it. I said I can take it. It's still there. Give me my mountain. See, regardless of how long it takes, you believe it. And you speak it, and you'll possess it. The woman with the issue of blood had that same attitude. She came in the press behind. She grabbed, and she, she, she pressed through that crowd of unbelief. She pressed through that crowd of just the curious. She pressed through that crowd, and she grabbed onto Jesus' garment. And she received her healing just as she'd said. The woman came for deliverance for her demon-possessed daughter. And Jesus said that that deliverance is, is for the children. It's the children's bread. And she persisted. And she said, yeah, even the children, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. And Jesus said unto her, be it unto you, just as you've said. You have that same spirit of faith, that same attitude of faith, that same, you have it, church. You have it. I'm not talking about something that you got to go out and try to get at Walmart. You have it. You've got that same spirit of faith. Just like your founders had when they came trusting God. This is the attitude that it takes. This, this mental attitude of faith is the attitude that it takes in this day that we're living in to persevere and to receive everything that God has for you. We're remembering your work. Your work. James said, without work, faith is dead. It's alone. Someone had to put action to their faith. And continue to work on that foundation to have what you have today. And you have something beautiful. I don't know, I'm kind of this way. When I get an experience like this, I'm sitting there worshiping God, praising God for his faithfulness. And at the same time, tears rolling down my face, hoping my, my eyes are not red and I don't look all blubbery when I get up here. <laughs> and at the same time, thinking about we had revival the first week of August. I wonder if I can get this praise and worship team to come down. <laughs> Just such a wonderful, wonderful presence of God, such as the psalmist. The, man, just, you're so blessed, church. You're so blessed. Yeah, can you give, so blessed. Thank you, all you guys. You're just 
Man, it's wonderful. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, verse 22. Starts out, my son attends to my, attend to my words. It finishes up for their life to those who find them. Not to those who, are, who just stumble upon them. You don't stumble into the provisions of God. You don't stumble into God's blessing, his anointing. Y'all have not stumbled into the blessing of God. You have to seek God with all your heart. You have to seek him. In Luke chapter 4, there's this section of scripture talking about Jesus went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day as his custom was. He stood up to read and he They handed him the scroll, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord was upon me. He found the place. And and folks, look, if you want to prosper, you have to open the word of God and find the place where it's written. And when you find it and you make it yours and you act upon it and put some action to your faith, you will receive. You will receive. Dennis Kimbrough said this, neither heaven nor earth receives a... Let me start again. Neither heaven nor earth reserves a place for the lazy. Nature demands that you labor first and then experience the reward of rest. Success demands that you let no moment pass until you have extracted every possibility. Another person said, opportunity has the uncanny habit of favoring those who have paid the price of years of preparation. Someone else said, no one has climbed the ladder of success with their hands in their pockets. And the fourth said, two ways to get to the top of an oak tree, climb it or sit on an acorn a very long time. See, if you're willing to get up, put some effort into your faith, effort into your believing, you'll experience the power and life and blessing of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. See, the Bible is full of references of combining work with success. Psalm 1, verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Genesis 39, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. 1 Corinthians 3.8, now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And finally, the Lord called David, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. 30 years have passed. Glory to God. 30 years. That's why my clothes don't fit the way they used to. 
That's why when I, I don't even want to think about driving all night like we used to with the kids in the car and staying up all day. We still drive all night, but it'd take us all week to recover. <laughs> 30 years? What a blink. What happened? We blinked. It goes quick, doesn't it? When you're looking at it from where I'm looking at it from, I know some of you that are younger, you think you have your whole life ahead of you, and you do. Just realize, like the psalmist said in Psalm 92, Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so we might apply our hearts to wisdom. Can they get an amen? amen? But 30 years have passed, and work and faith have produced what you're seeing today. It did not come by accident or chance or by stumbling into the blessing of God. Some had to work to receive the blessing of God. And this is the fruit of their labors. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it awesome to be able to come in and have this congregation to come together, brothers and sisters in the Lord who love you, and you can grow with them and go through life together and have such a beautiful facility. And Man, it's awesome. So we're remembering your labor prompted by love. He said, people are, looking to some, people are looking for someone to love them. People are looking for someone to offer them love, acceptance, and forgiveness. The Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. You know, although being a know-it-all makes, it, makes us feel important, what is really needed to build people up and build the church up is love. I like how John Maxwell said it. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And what kind of love are we talking about? We're talking about a Hollywood kind of love? No. We're talking about the God kind of love. Love that bears up under everything and anything that comes. We're talking about unconquerable goodwill. We're talking about the love that accepts and believes in and encourages someone regardless of the fact that you don't believe what they believe. You don't like what they write. You don't like what they wear. You don't like how they accuse you of things that you're not guilty of. But you go on loving them and caring about them Anyway, like God does us. Okay, Beth Jones gave us this list in one of her teachings. Okay, so your friend ditched you and your feelings are hurt again. She's too busy to return a phone call. Your email is somewhere in her mailbox. You're out to dinner with another couple and the other guy sarcastically insults your husband in an attempt to look like the comedian of the year. You take a few friends for a boat ride, and one friend with the sensitivity of a rock tells you how much bigger his boat will be when he can finally afford to buy one. <laughs> a friend at work says just enough to insinuate that your daughter is nearly from Loserville while boasting about his son's promotion from stockroom to bagger. Your spouse just gave you that tone again. Your friends want to spend time with you, but they never initiate a get-together. So unless hell freezes over, you'll have to plan the next fun gathering. 
He promised that he'd be there, but once again at the last minute, something came up, and he just can't make it. You saved up, you've sacrificed, you've given and tried to bless someone in a big way, and the weak or non-existent thank you made you regret it. We're talking about taking it. We're talking about putting up with it, putting up with us. See, his love puts up with all of us. And inside of each of us, there it is. Romans 5, 6 says that this love has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Love's very first instinct is to believe in, to believe the best, to never regard anyone as hopeless. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. I know that's why we came out of the darkness. That's why we came to the light. When Joy felt two years into our marriage, like, and we both felt we didn't know if we wanted to be married anymore. And she knew that unless we got God in our life, we weren't going to make it. And God kept reaching out to us. And he'd given us a wonderful life and a blessed family. That's why we left dead religion. I think I'm speaking to more than just me, more than just joy. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's why his love is why we left dead religion to come into the light of God's word. Because we experienced God's compassion. We experienced his mercy. We experienced his love. We experienced it. And when we got born again, he removed all of our sin he cast them into the depth of the sea. And like one person said, he posted a no fishing sign. You know, th there's no more remembrance of our sins. It's wiped out. You know, it's not, like, it's not like your laptop where you delete it and somebody can find it. It says it's gone, but it's not gone. Nothing is ever gone. I'm telling you, your sins are gone. Amen. Your sins are gone. If you... If you went to heaven right now, if you're a believer today and, and you went to heaven and you look for a file with your name on it, I'll tell you how long I've been preaching, not this morning, but preaching. When I used to use that example, I saw a four-door file cabinet when I mentioned a file. Now I see a digital something. <laughs> if you went to heaven and you look for a file with your name on it and you, looked, and you found it, because God knows you and he remembers you. But you open it up and you look for all the list of all those dastardly deeds that you ever did. I'm going to tell you, they're gone. Amen. They're gone. They're wiped out. He's removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. And he's never going to bring them up again. He's remembering you. But he'll, he said, I'll never remember your sins again. I'll never recall them. I'll never bring them up. <laughs> One guy said, Pastor, you've got to help me and my wife. Why? He said, because every time we get in a fight, she gets historical. <laughs> and, and he said, what do you mean? You mean hysterical. No, I mean historical. Every time we get in a fight, she brings up everything I've said and done for the last 30 years. <laughs> but God won't do that. Amen. Because they're gone. You have no sin history. You're washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. You're a child of God, a member of his family. You're, you're, you're displaying the very righteousness of God in this world because of his grace and his love and his compassion. 
Andrew Carnegie was a wealthy man in the 1920s. Under his leadership, his organization produced over 40 millionaires. And he said this, developing people is like mining gold. You go in looking for the gold. When you find it, you refine it and, a, and have an asset for your company. See, when someone comes into the body of Christ, we look for the treasure in that earthen vessel. And we discover the life of God. Or we deposit the life of God. And we instill a plan and a purpose in your life that's worth living. And that's what the church is all about. It's taking people from woe is me to here I am. From a place of condemnation and inferiority and insecurity to a place of confidence where we can be our true selves with people. Having discovered who we are in the scriptures. Remembering your endurance. Your endurance inspired by hope. Endurance, your, your persistence, your refusing to give up, your refusing to quit. And I can assure you with the number of ministers and believers who, as we've come through the pandemic, who have decided they're going to walk away from church, they're going to walk away from God, they're, going to, they're done with the ministry because of the, the pressures and, and the, the, the cost When things look rough, Paul said, I'm, I'm, in, I'm remembering your endurance inspired by your hope in Jesus Christ. Your refusal to turn your back on what you know and have found to be true because of trials and temptations. The scripture says, we've not resisted unto blood striving against sin. We've not, we've not given our life for this because of the challenges. <laughs> Listen to what Paul writes. The Apostle Paul writes about what he went through. And then he calls this light affliction. He said, five times I received 39 lashes from the Jewish leaders. Three times I experienced being beaten with rods. Once they stoned me. Three times I've been shipwrecked for an entire night and a day I was adrift in the open sea. In my difficult travels, I faced, my I faced many dangerous situations, perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and even my own people. I've survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness, with storms at sea, and with spies posing as believers. And he calls that light affliction. I read that and I realize I ain't got no trouble. Just, you know, that and the fact you watch the Olympic trials and see ad for the Paralympics coming up and you see people competing as they do in wheelchairs and on artificial legs or, or with limbs or, and, and, and challenges that they face. Man, I've got no affliction. I have nothing to complain about. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president, said this, press on. I'm talking to you right now about your endurance. This church has been here for 30 years. And God remembers your endurance. Nobody knows the trouble I've... Well, God does. God does. We feel that way sometimes. Nobody on earth ever went through what I'm going through. And I'm not making light of what you've gone through. But God knows. 
But you have a hope until you endure. You persist. Calvin Coolidge said, press on. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing in the world is more common in the world than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. Press on. Press on. The scripture says endurance. I'm talking about endurance in good times, in bad times, in abundant times, in lean times, in sad times, and happy times. Keep pressing on. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, do not be weary in well-doing. You know, it's not the, we're not the first group that's ever faced things. It's just part of the human experience. But God says, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing the right things. Listen, guys, don't be among those that miss out on the blessings of God by giving up, who quit going to church, who quit reading their Bible, who quit praying, who quit giving, who quit doing the things that they know they ought to be doing and they mess out, miss out on the blessing of God. Don't be among those. Nothing takes the place of endurance and persistence. Joy Christian Center, you've got a great testimony. You've got something to be proud of. You've got something to be proud of that you endured and you've been a light in this community and this region of Minnesota and the world for 30 years. Endurance inspired by hope. Because of Jesus, guys, the best is yet to come. Someone had a vision. Someone had a hope of seeing a church become a reality. Vision is, for a church to grow, that vision has to be imparted to the people. And everyone, listen to me, everyone has to catch the vision and do their part in making it come to pass. Everyone. Back in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, we read that, that as God has given to each of us a gift, minister, to the same, minister the same to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let me recall for a moment. Remember how wonderful praise and worship was this morning? Amen. Wasn't it wonderful that people stewarded their gifts and were willing to give their time and learn to sing, learn to play? And were willing to share their gifts with you and with me? Well, each one of you have a gift. You really do. And you may think, well, I don't have anything to give. You know, my, what God's ability, you know, I don't have anything to offer. I, I can't say anything. I can't do anything to make a difference. But you can. A body needs all of its parts. So each part needs to catch the vision and do their part. See, vision is important. Vision is necessary. Vision is vital. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no vision, in other words, no divine guidance, no instruction, the people perish. They run wild. Law and order is abandoned, in other words. But happy is he who keeps the law 
or in other words, the people who disregard or have no word from the Lord about direction, no light from heaven on where they should go, and they, they just run willy-nilly. But the people that have God's direction for them and go forward with it, man, they're happy. How many of you want to be happy today? I mean, what's the name of this church? Joy. Joy. And it's an appropriate name. One temptation after achieving goals is to relax and sit down and enjoy the fruit of your labors. I want, to, I want you to consider for a minute, for a couple of minutes, the pilgrims. The pilgrims who came to America nearly 400 years ago. And most of us have heard the story about the first Thanksgiving, how 102 people arrived here in 1620 aboard a small ship called the Mayflower. The pilgrims endured a 65-day journey by sea in which two members of the group perished, and over the winter, nearly half of their group died in what's been called as the Great Sickness. But in October 1621, the pilgrims celebrated their first Thanksgiving with the Wampanoag tribe, the feast of venison and turkey and cranberries and shellfish and clams and corn pudding and pumpkin and dried berries and Local edibles, no wonder we're full after Thanksgiving. Their feast lasted three days. But many people, we're familiar with that feast. But many people have not heard the rest of the story. In the first year, the pilgrims established a town. In the second year, they elected a town council. In the third the town council proposed building a road five miles westward into the wilderness because of expansion that they knew was coming. That was in the third year. In the fourth year, the people tried to impeach the town council because they thought such a road into the forest was a waste of public funds. See, those people, somehow those once forward-looking people once able to see across the ocean to a new way to live and a new place to live, just a few years later, they couldn't even look five miles into the wilderness. See, and we too can lose our vision. Perhaps circumstances at work or at school have discouraged us. Maybe a situation in our family or with a friend or a church causes us to want to give up. Possibly something happened in some area of your life that just caused you to lose heart and quit trying. And the list could go on and on about circumstances and situations that cause us to lose our hopes and our dreams and our vision has taken a beating. Again, that's, such feelings are not new to our day. He said, don't, don't, remember what we read? Don't lose heart in doing good. You know, just remember that the future is promised to those who don't give up. I'm going to say that again. What you're experiencing that's caused you to be discouraged or that would steal your vision is not new to just, it's not alone to you or new to mankind. 
But remember that the future is promised to those that don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't stop doing good for in due season. Remember what it says? In due season, what? You'll reap if you don't faint. You'll reap. So, don't relax. Don't relax, guys. There's new horizons, new dimensions, new territories, new areas to possess right out in front of you. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, in the Passion Translation, I want, as I read this, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Increase is coming. So enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. Stretch forth your tent, he says. Lengthen your cords. Don't relax, but stretch your faith. Stretch your faith and do more than you've ever done before. See, God, God is never satisfied with the status quo. Until you're uncomfortable, stretch your faith. We like, I know how it is. We like to get our bank books full, our pocketbooks full, and say, hallelujah, I've arrived. Let the rapture come. Come on, Jesus. Take me away, kind of like Calgon. You know, but God wants us, we want to just escape, but God, God wants us to get up every day on the edge, get up and believe him, Get up and stretch our faith. Stretch it. Not become flabby, but get strong in the Lord and do exploits. So let me inspire you to press on. Again, let me inspire you to press on. Yeah, I want you to reflect. Sure, reflect and celebrate. But not like the Israelites who coming into the promised land in the houses they didn't build were tempted to become satisfied and forget that it was the Lord that provided. See, this is about the Lord. This is about what the Lord's doing. And the greatest work is yet to come. All this, all this has been preparation. Possess it. God has more people. A greater work. And let me come back to that thought for just a moment. Because I would really want to stir your heart to rise up and, and find out the gifts that God has put in you. Because in the day in which we live, it's not a day for a few hot shots or a few celebrities of ministry to accomplish what God wants to do. Yes, there are leaders and you have excellent ones. But it's the body of Christ that's going to reach the rest of the people out there that need to know Jesus. It's the body. Rise up. God has more people. He's got a greater work. Possess it. Walk in faith. Grow in faith. Possess the promises of God. Love people. Love people. Offer them a church where they can come and get love and be accepted and receive forgiveness. And don't be weary in well-doing, but stay steadfast and unmoving, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's not let, let's not let our vision to stagnate. If necessary, rekindle what God's called you to accomplish. Rekindle it. Continue to dream bigger dreams. Stretch your faith. If it's not stretched to the end, it won't break. 
It'll keep going and, and, and believe for bigger things. D- d- be like the Apostle Paul, who at, at the stage of his life said, I don't consider myself as having obtained everything. I don't consider myself as having possessed everything for which the Lord possessed me. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I couldn't tell you guys how many ministers I've talked to. Because at my age, I'm going to tell you my age. I'm not old, but I'm older. (laughs) I don't know why they started sending me AARP cards. They should go to the neighbor. I'm not old, but I am older. And I could tell you about people who, so many people who thought about retiring. And God said, you're not done yet. And speaking of being done, I better be here this morning. Listen, it's not time to relax. It's time to run. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And I pray, Father, as I've prayed, I trust you, Father. And I thank you, Father, for your word. Father, I ask you that your word this morning would find a home in the heart and soul of every person person under the sound of my voice. You love them so. You're not done. You care about them so much. Let every person here know your love. Let them make a decision right now to rekindle the call, to recall, to, to remember. I pray that, that Pastors Brian and Shelley would sense the appreciation that you have for their faithfulness and that this congregation has for their faithfulness. We appreciate them so, Father. And I thank you for helping this church go forward, Father, in the next stage with joy. In Jesus' name. If you receive the charge from the Lord, will you shout amen? Amen. Amen. Before I turn it back over to Brian in just a moment, I'd like every head bowed and every eye closed. We talked about Jesus. Because God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. He did everything necessary to restore you into a right relationship with God. But there's one step that's necessary on your part. He said, well, why should I receive the Lord Jesus? He's the only mediator, folks, between God and man. If you won't receive him, you're out of luck as far as getting right with God. You can get spiritual. You can enter the spiritual realm in a lot of ways. But you only get to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you'll receive him, he'll forgive you. You'll have his, the experience of your sins being washed away. And you'll enter into a brand new life. We're going to pray here a prayer this morning, all of us together. And if you would say to me, Pastor Lauren, and I want that. I want to know today that I am right with God, that I'm one of his children. I want to have my heart made new, my sins forgiven. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord today. We're all going to pray a prayer together, but I'd really like to know I'm praying with you. If I'm speaking to you this morning, you're saying, Pastor Lauren, I'm going to receive Jesus as we're praying. On the count of three, would you slip your hand up? Would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. Why should somebody's going to peek for sure? But be bold and raise your hand on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. 
Praise God. Thank you. Bold all of the room. Thank you. Thank you. I see those. Thank you. Glory be to God. I'm telling you, heaven's rejoicing. It's re heaven's rejoicing. Praise the Lord. You online, put it in the chat window. Raise your hand. Something. Let us know. Give us your name. Tell us you're receiving Jesus. Oh, my goodness. All right, church, you can put those hands down, folks. Let's all pray together and help these come on into the family. Say it with me. Dear God in heaven, Dear God in heaven thank you thank for what you did for me by sending your son, Jesus. He lived. He died for my sins. You raised him from the dead. And he's Lord. I receive you, Jesus. Come into my life. Make me new. Help me live for you. In your name I pray, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God, Pastor Brian. Amen. Thank you. Pastor Lauren, thank you so much for a good word from heaven. Joy, are you ready to uh, be joy to the world? There's people that need what you have. You have Jesus and they need him. And uh, trust God to lead you to the people that are closest to eternity so that you can be a light to them and that the word of God will be alive in their hearts and lives. So go be ble a blessing and, and reach this city for Jesus. Amen? Amen? God bless you. Have a great day. We will see you next week.